Welcome to the Litigation Finance Podcast. I'm your host, John Freund. This podcast is brought to you by Litigation Finance Journal, the only dedicated news source to the litigation finance industry. Please visit www.litigationfinancejournal.com. Our guest today is Nick Rolls-Davies, CEO of Lexcellent. Lexcellent is the world's first globally coordinated origination network for legal finance professionals. Prior to Lexcellent, Nick served as executive vice chairman of LCM from 2018 to 2021. He was the founder and CEO of Chancery Capital Advisors from 2017 to 2018, managing director of Burford Capital UK, leading its business in the UK and globally outside of the Americas, and was also co-founder of Vannon Capital, where he served from 2010 to 2014. Nick, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, John. Very good to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Uh, It's been a long time. You were one of the original podcast guests way, way back in the day, and now here you are. So um, you've got a brand new platform. We'd love to dive into this. Um, Lexcellent, okay. This is an originations platform for litigation finance transactions. Can you explain how the platform works? How can funders, lawyers, and claimants benefit from this? So it's a global community of professionals, whether they're lawyers, funders, or other professionals. Um, and they're generating investment opportunities and, and benefiting from referrals of work along with access on the platform to software as a service, to e-learning, to conferencing, legal finance accreditation, and upcoming uh, recruitment, and they earn commission for referrals. So it's it's an online marketplace for uh, primary, secondary, syndicated investments in legal assets, um, and where the investors have access to origination from the network, as, as well as the secondary or the syndication of our own Lexlent fund uh, executed investments. And there are four parts. So there's the Lex Hub, which is the online platform. Um, members have access to the software, the case management, the CRM, the AI, and the predictive analytics that uh, I think we're going to talk about in a little bit. It's a sort of one-stop shop, leverages some technology, and we say it connects capital with origination. Um, second, there's the portal, which is Lex Invest, which is the marketplace for those primary investments. And that's where network members can upload their origination. And they go through a few simple steps to create a case, and then that gets triaged by Lexon's AI and the underwriting team. That case then gets matched with uh, the network of investor members, and they can look and look at the cases, see if they're interested in them. Um, all the activities are re- re- recorded on a member's dashboard, um, and uh, investors decide if they want to have a look at those cases. Uh, lastly, or thirdly rather, Lexon has its own fund, which is provide uh, you know, focused on providing very swift execution trying to speed up execution of investments it's been a a long-standing historic criticism of the industry which we're trying to change uh, and uh, so the platform provides uh, the ability for us to execute our own investments and then a trading platform where we put those cases for secondary uh, syndication and some copy trading where, where we offer every single one of the deals that we invest in. So every investment that Lexlent makes is immediately available for syndication or secondary trading. And we provide access there to pre-qualified, underwritten, fully assessed legal finance investment opportunities. And a vast number of investors have a look at those, many of whom are pretty new to the asset class and wouldn't previously have accessed this market. And then lastly, uh, Lex Connect, which is our community. So that's where our members connect to each other, the offer, access and uh, to each other for work referrals, shared insights, networking with the legal finance experts globally. And then to, to answer your original question, really what we provide is origination, case referrals, primary investment, secondary market, 
syndication and then software as a service. So uh, that was a very swift review of the Lexman platform, but hopefully that gives you a little bit more insight. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that. And there, there's a lot there. Um, you also have four different member categories, right? So can you, can you explain the differences between those? Of course. So associate member, that's a membership that, that suits anyone. And, and I should say at the outset that our membership, the whole global network and the membership platform is entirely free and it's non-exclusive. So members can join any other platform and still deal directly with investors or members themselves. But uh, associate members are anyone who's interested in networking within the platform. They're invariably arbitrators, barristers, expert witnesses, and by showcasing their talents, they obtain appointments and referrals. Second is a network introducer, and that's somebody that's not usually working in legal finance in, in that space, but has access to a professional network that they want to leverage. So when an introducer brings a legal case to the platform, they're matched with a network member that I'll come on to, and that guide they guide them through the case submission process and get a case ready for investment. These, these guys tend to be legal recruiters, IFAs, insurance brokers, and simply asking an extra question in their daily job and potentially generating significant side income from commissions that they can earn on execution fees and from, from back-end profit share. Uh, network members, which is the majority of our platform, that this is popular with the legal professionals, and these are the, guys, the, the firms and the people that want to place their origination on the platform. It's non-exclusive, as I said, and that allows members to maintain any existing relationships they, they have off the network. Uh, network members receive half of the commissions that Lexland receives on, on cases referred in, into the platform, into the network. And then lastly, investor members. These are litigation funders or high net worth individuals, single or multifamily offices or hedge funds. Uh, anyone who has capital and is looking for cases to invest in. So that's the four different types. So broadly speaking, then, how is Lexland planning to change, disrupt the litigation funding sector? I think uh, I prefer your second word, disruption, to change. Change suggests a replacement, and that's not really the goal. Um, Lexland was created to provide a platform that's both inclusive and empowering um, for, for people to join it. There are three, well, we, I've talked about this a lot, and you've heard this from me before, but there are three pillars to legal finance. There's investment capital, the money to invest. There's the underwriting ability, so choosing the right investments, and then origination, which is finding great cases. And, and most funders are good at two out of three, and the missing piece is usually deal flow, the origination. Uh, and all would-be funders have one or two, but seldom all three. So even with, with all three, uh, funders are always looking for more capital or more deal flow or, or, or to sell origination that doesn't meet their mandate. So the intention is to provide the missing piece, whichever it is, and to provide a central hub for a legal finance community, I think is how I describe it. Yeah, that's very interesting. And so my next question is about legal technology, and I want to just give a, a quick teaser to uh, our audience that uh, you're going to be on our upcoming digital event, which is on legal technology and litigation funding. That'll be on December 6th. So uh, it's our final event of the year. So everyone should definitely tune into that. It's completely complimentary. And uh, you can find access to that uh, on our LinkedIn page. But um, so you are leveraging legal technology. So let's ask you about, about this now and get one question out here. Uh, so what can you tell us about your tech stack? How does that work? I mean, the, the starting point is the platform itself and, and the, the memberships, but we have three elements to the tech at the moment, no, none of which are new or unique, um, but maybe not all being used in the same place in one platform. So first of all, the use of AI and machine learning, which assists us in the triage of our intake process. So the system ensures, the platform itself ensures that the upload of potential new investments is done in a very uniform manner. 
And that allows the technology to decide which bucket a potential matter falls into. So it reduces the initial intake process in terms of speed, but it also pushes the potential investment into one of four buckets, which are number one, rejection, um, just doesn't, doesn't work. Number two, sending back for further information, which is often the case. And three, if it fits our own fund profile and, and our mandate, then it goes immediately, having come through that process to our underwriting team. And if it looks to be worthwhile but doesn't fit our mandate, then it goes straight onto the platform for other in, investor members to consider. So the first part is triaging and, and using the AI to assess the initial basics of what the case looks like. The second is the use of AI and machine learning to, to search for potential investments using or reviewing court listings, identifying cases which fit our predefined and of course changeable criteria, depending on what you look for. Again, that's been, that's been done by others. Um, lastly, the use of predictive analytics. So taking a set of facts that are present in a potential investment and using historic data analysis to assist in identifying the arguments, the issues, their success historically, plus looking at what the outcomes have been uh, to aid the underwriting process, not to replace it, but as a tool to be used by the teams in, in reviewing cases. And we've got plans to take that further, um, looking at the behavior of defendants, settlement times, particular uh, individuals within defendants, what defendants have been doing, and that can extend over time to, to collection risk uh, and uh, creditworthiness, but for us, one step at a time, but we've got plans to take it a little further. So the three parts that I've just described are really where we are at the moment, but hopefully um, we'll continue to embrace that technology and continue to push the boundaries. We've got some great partners we're working with. Yeah, all really interesting stuff, and uh, we're going to dive again deeper into that in, at our digital event next week. So uh, we're excited for that. Let me ask you, as an originations platform, um, what trends are you seeing right now in, in regard to originations in, in litigation funding space more broadly? Like, how has originations evolved over your time in the industry? Yeah, so other than a few technologically advanced funders, say LexShares or Legalist or, or likes of the very impressive Darrow, origination really hasn't changed much in the last 15 years, as far as I can tell. Um, it involves former lawyers talking to former colleagues and looking to persuade them to send them potential cases. And, and that's a pretty heavy sunk cost and overhead. And frankly, it's outdated, particularly when most funders have a very narrow mandate and are still rejecting probably around 97, maybe 93 to 97% of what they originate. So Lexlent provides a marketplace. It's an outlet for some of that origination that allows the funders to recoup some of that overhead in placing the good investments, which are non-mandate and which they reject, so they can still earn revenue from having originated them. So that's a different methodology and not something that I've seen previously and something we're very happy with. But we also operate in a very lean manner. We don't carry huge numbers of staff around the world talking to former colleagues to bring in new cases. Our global membership generates that. Our network generates the origination and it's paid on execution and not on overhead. So, you know, in terms of your original question, there hasn't been a lot of change. And, you know, I've been a fairly big critic of how the industry hasn't evolved and it, it really isn't. Nothing's really changed in the last 15 years. The same funders are doing the same things that they were doing 10 or 15 years ago. The methods perhaps are beginning to change with newer funders, particularly in the States. But I think now's the time to try and shake things up a little bit. There are easier and better targeted ways of finding your origination. Your acquisition costs can be reduced using technology and surely funders are going to start to address that. And Lexlin's one of the ways they can get access to that immediately. Yeah, it makes sense to see disruption in that, in that aspect of uh, funding. I mean, um, originations is just an area that's ripe for disruption, ripe for disruption across all industries. So it makes sense here yeah. too. 
Um, final question. I know you're um, all over the world. Uh, you're you're uh, traveling to lots of different countries and your job takes you many different places. But uh, you, you are based in the UK, so I want to ask you a UK-specific question. Uh, really, how does the, f- the future of the industry, of the funding industry in the UK, how does that look given the recent PACAR ruling? Are you foreseeing trouble on the horizon, both for current funders and also for new entrants who might have been considering uh, emerging in the in the space? Um, do you see do you see uh, uh, the PACAR ruling really preventing uh, new entrants from en- from entering the space, and also current funders from uh, continuing their work there? So I think my views on PACAR are pretty well known. It, it, it wasn't expected by anyone, and it is a real problem for a lot of funders. Uh, the intended quick fix by the hastily brought in or potentially hastily brought in legislation in the UK doesn't really do the job. Um, we hear that there's sympathy from the Ministry of Justice and that changes will come, but it doesn't strike me as a priority from for government at the moment, albeit that it is definitely needed given the um, hodgepodge or mess of different intersecting pieces of legislation that govern this area. Um, the challenge is the distraction it causes. So regardless of the merits of any challenges to existing or historic LFAs, they have to be faced head on. And that takes time and effort from the existing funders. And that's a distraction to doing new business or going about their business. It's also very far from clear, despite the wide range of published opinion, as to the full effect of this. I mean, some of the reporting of decisions in the legal press is pretty inconsistent. Uh, nobody knows the real answers. And that's an un- that's uncomfortable for funders, uh, and ine- inevitably, it's going to cause problems for investor appetite. And it is already, and to your point about new entrants, I think there has been a definite backing off from U.S. funders into the U.K. market. Uh, European funders are dealing with different different set of situations in in Europe, but I think possibly they've been observing from a distance and just waiting to see what the fallout is. Uh, I, I wouldn't expect any funder to say anything publicly other than all is well. But from what I'm seeing in the market, all is far from well. And some funders have real challenges. And any funder that dismisses the situation uh, as irrelevant or not having an impact or not having the impact that we all know is really going on is either deluded or not being entirely candid because this is a big problem. Uh, to your original question, uh, the future is fine for litigation finance, but there are funders that are going to struggle because they are being challenged, and I'm seeing them, both in terms of existing discussions to put right LFAs that are ongoing, but moreover, in relation to going back for a period of time and looking at matters that have settled where there are arguments being raised that the money that was paid to funders on success was paid under an unenforceable agreement. And that's an uncomfortable position to be in. Uh, and it is happening. Uh, so, yeah, trying times. I, I think the long run is fine. Short and medium term is going to be rocky. Uh, but we'll see. Um, I, I have absolute faith that litigation finance is traveling one direction, which is positive. But, and this is a bump in the road. But it is a bump in the road that needs to be addressed and, and dealt with. And it, it, it shouldn't, be un, um, shouldn't be ignored, but certainly. There, there are some challenges. That said, I'm very positive. I don't want to be all doom and gloom. Uh, I think the funding industry is is something which will continue to grow, not just in the UK, but globally. And you look at the changes around the world in terms of legislation and acceptance. It's it's a positive thing. But um, for now, we have to address these challenges and hit, hit them head on and not, and not pretend that, that they're irrelevant. I hope that wasn't too depressing for you, John. No, not at all. Not at all. I think uh, many would agree that there's a, a lot of short term 
rockiness on the road, but um, certainly a lot of the long-term, uh, the, the tailwinds are there for the industry. There's many of them. So I think, yeah, the long-term trajectory is definitely positive. Um, most would agree with that. So um, Nick, thank you for coming on here and uh, diving into Lexlent for us. Really interesting platform, what you're doing. We really appreciate you uh, explaining the technology, explaining what your platform does. Um, it's really interesting stuff, and we're looking forward to having you on the on the uh, panel discussion next week as well. Thank you. I'm very much looking forward to it. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, John. Thanks very much. You too. And if you're interested in learning more about Lexlent, you can visit them at their website, www.lexolent.com. And thank you all for listening to this episode. We'll see you on the next episode of the Litigation Finance Podcast.